You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 78. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? Tired. Oh my God, I'm tired. So most of you probably saw that I snowshoed to work today. We got um, 15 inches of snow poured on us overnight. Um, and so we still had to go to work. Although most people didn't show up, so to all you people who didn't show up, what's up? Thanks for uh, not doing your duty. Anyways, um, I showed up in my snowshoes, and it was really hard. It was because it wasn't a heavy snow; it was a light snow, so you still sink even with the snowshoes, which kind of sucks. Yeah, it looked like you were just like trudging along, and like each step it was like right into the fifteen inches of snow. Yeah, and that wasn't the worst part. The worst is everything that that came off from the road. So I'm, I'm walking down like a, a four-lane road to get to work. Um, and it's just the snowbank is like six feet tall because they're pushing everything over from, from the road. Right. Uh, and you just sink. And then when you're trying to pull your leg back up, while well, the snow came onto your snowshoe and you're flipping that back up right into your boot or onto your pants. I was drenched by the time I got to work in both sweat and snow. So you got a pretty good workout in today. I got a good workout. I don't know how many calories I burnt. 3,000? Does that make sense? That's a 3, lot. 3,008, the little fire emoji on my Fitbit says. I walked 9.7 miles. I know to some people that might be a lot like po- if you're a postie. Man, pff, hats off to you because me and my planner for asciitis are not doing well right now. <laughs> No, I certainly could not imagine that. So kudos to you. We had a little dusting yesterday and people were complaining. So I'm not going to even say how much snowfall we got. It was like three inches. Yeah. And like, it's not like we have it the worst either. There, there are other areas around us that have had it worse. So that's just my experience. Well, there you go. What about you? What's going on with you, my friend? Uh, I just found out today that the last five years of my life could have been a complete lie. <laughs> what? So to pull the curtain back a little bit. I was diagnosed. I use that with air quotes. Only Mitch could see that because we'll find out in the story. But I was diagnosed with celiac disease in 2013. And I was in high school. I was a senior in high school when I was diagnosed. So from then on, I was gluten-free diet, very strict with it. And then today, I saw a gastroenterologist because I was having stomach problems a few weeks ago. And he believes that I was misdiagnosed. So there's a chance that I was being gluten-free for the last five years for no reason at all. 
East. So you've missed out on all the good beer yeah. for five years. Yes. And so today, the first thing I did after that, he told me to start working gluten back into my diet because they want to run some tests on me in a few weeks. So the first thing I did, I got some Auntie Anne's pretzels. I don't know if they have Auntie Anne's where you are. No, I don't like pretzels necessarily. It's, it's not like a hard pretzel. It's like a soft pretzel with like... Blood. Oh, then I'm all in. Yeah, with like butter and a lot of salt. It's very good. They have them at the malls here. Well, you went to Roosevelt Field. They had it at Roosevelt Field. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, I don't do butter on on, on uh, pretzels. Mustard and mustard only. It's like your hot dog policy. Only mustard on, on my on my pretzels, please. All right. That's fair. It was very good. I missed it a lot. It's been like six years since I've had it, so that was the first thing I had. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's good. Hopefully, you can now start eating gluten like the rest of the world. Hopefully, um, or they figure out what the hell is actually wrong with my <laughs> insides. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully that's a bare minimum. They figure that out. Yeah. So it's like, all right, we solve one problem, but then again, we have something else completely wrong with you. So hopefully, <laughs> but we don't know what's going on. Just keep me in mind for the next, I don't know, six weeks as I figure this out. <laughs> all right. Fair enough, my friend. Do you have an addition for us for episode number 78? Um, no, because no one ever wore 78 for the New York Islanders. Someone wore 77, which we talked about last week. Uh, and someone did wear 79, which we'll talk about next week, although I'm sure all of you already know who that is. Um, so, no, there is no 78 ever to be worn by an Islander. Uh, and if, as long as Lou's here, there won't be another one. No, you're probably right with that. So, no number 78 edition for us. So, I guess we'll just... Jump right into it, Mitch. First topic on the board is the trade deadline update, starting with good pal, old friend, Artemi Panarin. Yeah, what's going on with him? Anything new? Did he do anything at all? I don't know. He did. I haven't seen like 15 posts from every single news outlet in the world about him. He fired his agent. So he now yes. has changed agents. And ironically... He is now represented by the same agent that Elisa Rokin is represented by. At, dun, dun, dun. It gets better, Mitch. Ready? Oh, okay. Lou Lamarillo and the new agent have met before multiple times this year. I assume speaking about Sorokin. Probably, but they still know each other. There's a connection there. I'm, I'm just yeah. trying to draw any possible conclusions that I can. I if you haven't known by now, Mitch, I like to jump to conclusions very quick. <laughs> You're like the guy in uh what movie is that? God why uh, oh Office Space. He has a jump to conclusion mat. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Except not bound to a wheelchair. No, not yet anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see coming up with your colonoscopy yeah, or whatever yeah, the heck you're getting. In the next six weeks, we'll see. <laughs> colonoscopy. There you colonoscopy. Go. It's not even a thing. Kaleidoscopy. Kaleidoscopy. Oh, I'm such not into medicine. Such not into medicine? My God, it's been a long day. Um, okay, so he fired, was it Dan Milstein, and hired Paul Theophanos. Yeah, Theophanos, because it's N-O-U-S. Maybe. That sounds right. Theophanus. Anyways, uh, he hired him, who, like you said, represents Bobrovsky. I think that's the interesting ripple here. Uh, and and also represents Sorokin. 
And, and it seems like the big push here is that, or not the big push, but the big rumor is that they going to be a package, which sounds ridiculous. That, yeah, that's insane. What, what kind? What would you have to give up to get both Bobrovsky and Panarin? But even it's not even just the trade. It's the like that's one thing. Like how much are you going to have to trade for them to then obviously lose them in free agency? Yeah, to lose potentially both of them. Like you're probably not resigning. You're probably lucky to get one of them to resign. Like who's got eighteen million dollars on the cap next year? Although I guess if you're trading for them, then you lose a bunch. So whatever. Yeah, I, that's you're what signing I them for. You're at least going to sign them for 18, right? Like you got to figure Panarin's going to try to get 10, and maybe doesn't get to that, but at least nine. Uh, and Bobrovsky's going to take eight to 10. He's going to try to get Carey Price money easily, and he should, based off of you know Carey Price got it, and Bobrovsky's a better goalie. Yeah, I, I don't see how they're possibly traded as a duo. I really don't, because like you said, what are what are these teams going to possibly be able to give up? So the uh, the real uh, where there's smoke there is fire, and it seems that there's f- smoke coming out of Florida. Uh, right, Frank Saravelli from TSN has recently said that uh, Jonathan Huberto is potentially on the market for this trade and this trade only, and, and that would obviously be a really good piece to get if you're um, Columbus because that's a guy who could play center, definitely a good winger point per game player easily and is locked up for $5.9 million over the next four years. That's great. That's a great deal, but you still don't have a goalie. Like, who's their, their, their guy? Giannis Corpusalo? I think that that's his first name. I got his last name yeah. right. I'm not sure. Uh, you're first right. Name. I'm pretty sure. Um, That's not a starter. And when you're, you're comparing Bobrovsky to Corpusalo, that ain't a one-for-one swap. Well, are you getting and, Roberto Luongo back in that deal then? Why would you want that? He's... He's on his last legs. It's not to say he's bad, but the guy is, what, 37 years old, 38? I think he might be even older than that, dude. Like, he's he doesn't have much time left in the NHL to, to be this productive. And so if you're Columbus, you don't want to, you know, trade a 31-year-old goalie for a 37-year-old. But why would Florida trade for two rentals if they're so far out of the playoff picture? Well, so that wouldn't be rentals for Florida then. The idea is that Florida could entice them to come to stay. They have the no state income tax thing, which I don't I don't think is as big of a deal as most people make it out to be. Um, just because they all got accountants, let's be honest here. Like that's not the biggest issue. Mm-hmm. Even when it comes to Canada, like the Canadian American thing, they get paid in American dollars. So even if you're paying Quebec income tax, you're paying and every everything you're paying for everything in Canadian dollars but you're getting paid in American dollars and that's a 1.32 uh conversion so that that looks good when you're when you've got millions of dollars you're talking about that's true so um that that's the play for Florida is that we will bring you in and entice you we will try to make that pitch to you during the regular season and into the summer up leading up to July 1st I I don't know if I would do that on the Panthers for what you'd have to give up for the both of them. Right. And so this ultimately brings us back to the firing of the agent because it seemed that he had done it a week, a week before we found out about it. Um, but it seemed that the last thing Dan Milstein had at least said on the record regarding Panarin and his contract situation and free agency was that any team could get him as any team who would trade for him would get him as a rental at best. And then we find out he's fired. 
Eesh. I don't think Panarin liked that devil, like the, what's the word I want to use? I wanted to say devilation. That's not an actual word. The revelation of his plan. Okay. So you think maybe he doesn't want to test free agency? I don't think he wants to show his hand is what I like. He, he might want to get courted. And he'll take a courting for sure because that might drive up the price. You know, a team might give Columbus something and so he can go play somewhere else. And that, that team might think that they, they have a chance, but then he could still get to free agency. And that team might want to make a last-ditch bid. Or, or I'm, I'm just thinking that he wants... He doesn't want to play any of, any of his cards. He doesn't want to show what he wants to do because that kind of breaks his leverage. Like if every team knows he's going to free agency, then no one's going to make a play for him now. And then maybe a team makes a play for him now and gives him like, I want to beat everyone to the punch. So here's $11 million instead of nine that you'd probably get in free agency. I guess. Right. And so maybe that's what he's trying to do. And he, he does. When I saw that, and when I saw that quote, I thought, well, that's not going to go over well. I wouldn't want that. If I had an agent who announced to the world what my plan was, dude, what are you doing? No, don't do not do that. L- let them sort it out for themselves, and let's see what happens. That's the that's the play here, is let's see what shakes out. Don't tell them what we're trying to do, and they'll, they'll just wait, because then we lose whatever leverage that we have. Exactly, and what's the point of that? Exactly. You want to hold and all so the I- leverage. As much as much leverage you can get when you come to a negotiation, right? So, um, and then it gets us to the Islanders. So, like, can they make a push for Panarin now thinking that, you know, maybe he does want to stay. Maybe he does want to, you know, figure his situation out before July 1st. And so should the Islanders make a play for him? I think you should really, really strongly consider it. I'm, I'm still not convinced that he doesn't... That he wants to have a situation sorted before July first. I'm really, I'm already apprehensive, and when I heard that, I went done. He's dead to me. I'm gonna wait till July first. I don't want nothing to do with him. I know how good he is. I know. Like, don't at me with like, well, Panarin's a point per game player. Yeah, I know his quality. I just don't want to have to overpay twice. That's my problem. I get that. I do. I think it's a really fair concern, but my argument to play devil's advocate and I feel pretty strongly about it I can be swayed to your side a little bit but again just to play devil's advocate I'll do go the other way you don't have a chance to go for it every single year windows close faster than you really think you see it in sports quite often and the Islanders this year every let's be honest things are breaking right for this team it is they are in first place right now it doesn't come around often. If you go for it this year, that that almost feels like the smart play because you're taking advantage of the situation that's presented to you. There's no guarantee that the other teams in the division don't also get better next year, thus making it harder, or that Tampa Bay doesn't get better, or any scenario, or that there's an injury. I don't know. I just don't want to sit here and let an opportunity pass by and then two, three years down the line end up regretting it. Right. I think we both make reasonable points, and we're obviously not the only two to make it. Um, Your issue with my side of the debate is if you have a chance, you take it, because you never know when that chance will happen again. 
which is fair. That's absolutely fair. My and, and my stance and my issue with yours is I don't want to have to overpay twice. I don't want to send a ton of stuff over to Carol uh, to Columbus and then have to overpay Artemi Panarin in in free agency. I'd rather just do free agency once and not have to worry about losing a bunch of stuff. But if that's the only chance I have to get Panarin, I, I see the argument. I'm still, I, I, you, you won't convince me of it just because I'm so entrenched in my argument. So what we're trying to do here is, is plead our cases to, essentially, if we're, if we're looking at this in political terms, the moderates, the undecideds, the people in the middle. Because we're firmly on, on either side. You could say which one, whichever one's on the right and whichever one's on the left. I got, I got a red foamy thing, so let's put me on the right, even though I'm not a righty whatsoever. Um, I'm trying to convince the people in the middle of like, no, no, don't overpay twice. Come to my side. And you're, you're telling them, do it, because if we don't, who knows? Like When it comes to July 1st, do the Islanders even have a shot? For a Panarin? Yeah, or any free agent, right? I would think so. They have a sh- sorry. I should reframe that. They have a shot, but in relation to the other teams in the league, like if you put the Islanders next to the Rangers, same money. What team do they go for? What team has more panache, more pull? In past history, I would agree with you, but I think that the variables change because of depending on how far they go in the playoffs. Let's say they stay put and win one round, but yeah, they st- they finish first in the division. Like if season. Let's pretend like season ended today. They are in first. Yeah. They're playing a wild card team. They went around and then got, get knocked out by Washington in the second round or whoever. Okay. Whatever, yeah. And they have a bunch of cap space, a really good coach, a really good goalie, and a good GM. You don't think that there is something of value there to the potential free agent? There's absolutely something of value. But what we're talking about here is institutional bias – um, so the buildup of a franchise over time, like these things don't don't flip overnight and players aren't rushing to get the Islanders because they got Lou Lamarill and Barry Trotz running this, a successful show. There's still a lot of just kind of, it's the Islanders. Now, I'm, it's trending in the right direction, but we're going to need more than one year for free agents to go like, let me go there, So I believe. So then why does anyone, why did Ladd... Or Philpula, or we Komarov. overpaid the crap out of Andrew Ladd. It's the same thing with Philpula. We gave him a no move. Okay, well then you could do something similar with the bigger names, right? I mean, obviously it'll be even more money, but but that's what I'm saying is that other teams can match that. So that's why I'm saying with everything being equal, the viability of the franchise has has moved in a positive direction. It's going to keep moving in a positive direction year over year. It's it's still not a point where we can say that we're overtaking teams like the Rangers, like right from what we've heard with Panarin. When it comes to free agency, he he's okay. We, it seems that he wants to go to a big market like New York. Well, the Rangers are going to be all over that. Well, what, so, why would you want to go play for the Rangers in the first year of a rebuild? Well, so that that's something to think about. Look, all I'm doing here is I'm essentially shooting myself in the foot because I'm trying to prevent or not prevent, but present every argument, every possible argument. And so I'm painting an easier picture for you to say that, okay, Mitch, you think that we're, we shouldn't do it now because we can get them later. You didn't think of, well, what about all these other teams, right? Like, what about the Rangers? What about the Kings? What about whatever other team has a billion dollars in their war chest that is a, maybe a more desirable destination than the, the Islanders? 
So that's the risk that you're taking if you let them go to free agency. So then you're almost saying... That's my risk, yes. Okay, so then you're almost saying that if you get them in the building, maybe you convince them to stay through a trade. So that's your that's yeah. your argument, right? Yeah. Like it, you bring him in as soon as possible, then we have more time to court him because at this point they can't speak until a week before the actual free agency uh, opening on July on noon on July first, right? They have that one week of courtship. Yep. Um, and they can't talk before that, at least directly, because then it's tampering, I suppose. Uh, which whatever. Um, but at, at this point, if you bring him in, then you can start discussions day one. The second he comes into the organization, it's like, let's go upstairs and talk about some contract. Or the second the paperwork is in, get on the phone. Are you willing to sign an extension? If that already isn't established before the phone call, you know, to NHL central filing or whatever it's called happens. Right. Interesting. Definitely, especially on the Panarin front, which uh, he's probably the biggest name on the market. You would imagine so. It, I don't know. I really want Mark Stone. My God, Mark Stone is is that's the big fish for me. So, do you feel the same way about Stone, or would you be willing to trade for Stone because he hasn't had anything come out where he wouldn't? That's it. I see. On the nose. I, I'm like saying, waving my head yes, like frantically. I'm going to break my neck. This is an audio platform, Mitch. You got to give me more than I shaking know. your head. Yes, very much so. Yes, please. Yes, 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 yes. Oh man. I have not headbanged in way too long. That hurt the neck. Um, but yes, his agent hasn't said something dumb. Uh, Mark Stone hasn't said anything stupid. Um, and he's, he's just, he fits the bill so well. He fits the bill so well. Um, I want Mark Stone. I want him so bad. I think Mark Stone's a good player, and I certainly would be happy with him. I just think that they have to add something to this top six because we saw last night oh, God. in their loss that – and. Look at, I forget who tweeted it out, but the most goals in their last, I think it's 13 games. Yeah. Isn't it? It's like Clutterbuck, Sezekis, and who are the other ones? I can't even remember. So, uh, Staple tweets, uh, Isles goal leader since January 13th, a span of 13 games. Eberle, Clutterbuck with four, Sezekis, Barzell with three. And they're nine two and two in that span. Remarkably, if Lamorelli sees fit to upgrade, this team needs a finisher up front. Yeah, they really do. Yeah, and he's absolutely right. And we've all said it for a while. Uh, he be, uh, as well being one of them. Um, yeah, he needs something. And, and Panarin, Duchesne, uh, Stone, even Toffoli, uh, whoever else is out there that are like Jeff Skinner. If that guy becomes available because he's on a bunch of um, trade blocks, that's the guy you got to look at. Um, but when it, it it just so both of our arguments are when it comes to Panarin specifically because that's what we're talking about here is Panarin and it's not it's not to be a discussion of, of trade deadline in general because listen the trade deadline is still twelve days away we got one more pod before trade deadline itself so I think we'll. The ninth, the one on the twentieth, we'll just have a, a full on just let's talk about the trade deadline. Of course. Um, but when it comes to Panarin itself, there, there are two camps that we have laid out in front of you, the listener, uh, and you probably the listener fall in either one of them. It's either you wait to July first because you don't want to overpay twice, or you do it now because you don't want to waste uh, a, a second not trying to court this guy. This guy being Artemi Panarin. And so the idea is, well, if you take 
Matt's side, there's a risk that you overpay twice. Whereas if you take my side, there's a risk that you just miss out on him come July 1st because everyone and anyone is going to be in on him. Yeah, it's definitely risky business. That's why we're leaving it up to Lou Lamarillo and people a lot smarter than us <laughs> to figure this out. But something that we are smart enough to figure out, Mitch, is that Thomas Grice has been nothing but phenomenal his last five starts. Just video game numbers. Not even me video game numbers. Like I couldn't even get these numbers playing a video game. I'm so I'm so terrible at video games. No, it's impossible. Like you could play NHL on the easiest mode and still not come up with numbers like this. So in his last five starts, he has a zero point five eight <laughs> goals against average. Less than a goal against a game, my God. Yeah, just over half a goal per game. And a 981 save percentage. Just, what? Like, that's that's insane. That That's just, and he's the, I'm using air quotes here, backup. He's not the starter, technically speak. Although, he might have more, he's, he's got more starts. So let's call him the starter, just because he has more starts than, than Leonard. Um, that's insane. He's what he ranks what like first in the league or second in the league in terms of some of these stats. It was um, before the Islanders played last night. Leonard and Grice were one two in both categories. Right. Well, Leonard is still uh, number one in terms of save percentage with a nine two nine. Okay. Um, obviously, the LA Kings played and did not play well, so Jack Campbell <laughs> slipped a little bit. Uh, I'm just bringing it up right now um, here. So goals against average, the uh, Robin Leonard has a 208, which is the most for anyone who's played like 15 games, uh, and then Thomas Grice is a 228. So that would be third best because Jack Campbell has a 212. Okay, that's still nuts, though. <laughs> it's nuts. 228 goals against and a 927 save percentage this season for Thomas Grice. Last season was at what 358, wasn't it? Uh, goals against yes. 382 goals against average for Thomas Grice um, with a 892 save percentage. Oh. No, I forgot how Keep bad in mind, last year was. Thomas Grice played 27 games last season. He's already played 29. Yeah, he was basically unusable for most of last year. They had to roll with Halak, and he wasn't any better. No, he wasn't better at all. They were giving up three, four game, four goals a game. Yeah, he had a 280-something save percentage, I thought, like a 2.8, something similar to what Grice's was. Uh, but Grice has been able to shave a full goal and a half, just under a goal and a half on average per game. That's insane. A goal and a half just gone. That's... What what can you even say about that? Barry Trotz and his coaching staff has been absolutely phenomenal. That's what it yeah, comes down to, like, right? He's not facing a ton more shots or, or, or a, a lot fewer shots. Like He faced 784 shots last season in 27 starts again. He's faced 762 in 29. Sorry, in 27 games played last season, 29 games played now. So in, in two extra games, he's faced like 22 fewer shots. It's pretty crazy because I'm looking uh, back at Thomas Grice's game logs from last year. In those 27 games, he allowed 
two goals or less in just seven of those games. So three goals or more in 20 of the 27. Uh, right, which which you make sense when you look at the average, right? Right, and then this year, if you pull that up, he's allowed three goals or more. Let's see. So it was 20 for the other one for yeah. last year, and it was, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> it's, it's, nine, <laughs> ten. Oof. So he cut it in half. Yeah, I like when you look at these numbers, it's not necessarily unprecedented for Thomas Grice in his first season with the Islanders in 1516. He played in 41 games, had a 236 and 925 save percentage. Yeah, he was great. Right. When he helped us to the run to the playoffs and then beat out the care the Florida Panthers almost single handedly. Pretty much if not for that. What's his name? Wraparound goal. I don't remember his name. Neither do I. But that guy dead did have me. a good series. It was just these two. <laughs> that guy. Um, so, but, but what still, what he's doing now, he's going to make, he's got better numbers than, than at 15, 16 season. And he's probably going to get somewhere around 41 starts. Or, sorry, games played. Um, th- Like, this is the real Thomas Grice. It is. It, it, it right? genuinely is. Last year was an aberration because Doug Wade had no idea how to coach defense. He knew how to coach forwards and he knew how to do a power play, but he had no idea what he was doing defensively. No, he he really didn't. And I mean, that really showed. Whereas Barry Trotz, he knows what he's doing defensively. They are struggling a bit offensively, but I think he knows what he's doing offensively. If you look at what the Capitals were able to do the last few years under him. Mm -hmm. So... Like going back to the last uh, conversation, it, it still it still shows that acquire something, and who knows what happens come playoff time. Right. So I guess what this really kind of brings up in in my mind is what do the Islanders do going forward? So Grice has what two years left on his deal this year, or next season, and from what we understand, Sorokin won't come till twenty 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 one. At the earliest, assuming he does not sign an extension with uh, CSK Moscow, right. which I think he might. Oof. I get the impression he might. I don't like that. <laughs> I know. Um, what do they do? He's 33. So by the time his contract's up, he might. I forget what his birthday is. Well, he are, he just turned 33 this year. So he'll be 34 by the end of his next contract. Or sorry, by the end of this contract. Do they sign him for an extension for like a year? I would be pretty surprised. I think so too. I think it's just that's it. Even if he does play really, really well. I mean, at that point, he would have been an Islander for five years. I think at that point, you're just thanking him for his services. He's been a very good goalie for the Islanders, but I don't think I want to re-sign a 35-year-old Thomas Grice. I would rather go no. with Robin Leonard and something else. Hopefully Sorokin, but probably not. No, so maybe Sorokin and, uh, I mean, Soderstrom and Leonard. Yeah, maybe, although Soderstrom isn't even playing, right? So I don't know what's going on with him. Who knows? I guess he's injured. But potentially one more year of Leonard and Grice after this. Yes. Which, yeah, I would, 
I would say they're going to re-sign Leonard. Um, it's just, I think, figuring out the number. But they'll, they'll probably wait till the end of the season to figure that out. Yes, and we'll get into that even a little bit later in this show. Yes, we will. Anything else on Thomas Grice and his unbelievable performance? Just beautiful. Keep it, keep it coming, Thomas Grice. Please keep it coming. Absolutely. Please keep it coming. All right. Moving right along now, we will get into some of the forwards. And one of the forwards that we talked about last week who was struggling was Anthony Beauvillier. And the Islanders yep. have since moved him off of the Barzal line and put him on the third line. What are your overall thoughts on Barzal, on, excuse me, Beauvillier moving to the third line? He fits. Keep him there. It works. I don't know why, but it works. So don't don't do anything. I agree with you. I think Beauvillier is more of a third line guy. I don't think he has the consistency to be a top six player. Yeah, he shows flashes, but ultimately I think he's a better fit on that third line. Now, he's not a fourth line guy. That's pretty clear. But third line seems like perfect fit. I think he just needs to re re rethink his game. I was trying to think of another word than think, but I just said the word think five times in the last 30 seconds. Um, because I feel like he's still playing like a center, right? That's what he was drafted as. He came out of uh, whatever team. I forget where he was. He came from exactly. Uh, whatever junior team he came from, the QMJHL, he was the center there. The Isles drafted him as that. I don't think he's a custa. He's played or changed his game to fit as a winger yet. Uh, and so he's got to make that switch because he's, he's a, Good goal scorer. He's got 13 goals on the year. That's not a bad return, even if you're talking about second-line uh, duties. But he's had seven assists. That's not enough. He's not playmaking enough. He's he's playing more like a finisher. He's got to get more involved in the play. Like I, I've seen him, uh, you know, push up the wing, and he he gets the puck past the blue line, and then he gets like rubbed out by a defender, or he gets stuck along the walls, and that's it. He's got to find another way to enter the zone or, or do something else, and he's just not making himself open enough. I, I just feel like he, he needs to be down the middle, but they're not willing to play him as, as a center for good reason because they have other better centers up there. Um, so he's got to change his game to fit along the wing, and he hasn't done that yet. I know this wasn't originally on the list, but theoretically, since Valtteri Filippula is a free agent, would you be willing to give third-line center duties to... Anthony Beauvillier next year? I'm not I'm not convinced on him as the center. Mainly because, and it's not fair to him, I haven't seen him play center yet. Maybe he can, he can be a good center, but I haven't really seen him play there. There was that one game against Pittsburgh last year, right, where he played pretty well? No, I think that was two I, years ago. <laughs> even worse, right? I think he, got, he had two goals that game. You might be right, it was two years ago. Yeah, that was his first year, 2016-17. But other than that, I haven't seen him play center in any consistent basis. Um, so I'd like to see that, but I don't see the organization doing it when they got Nelson, Barzal, Philpola down the middle, and Sazikis. Yeah. So at the moment, keep him on the third line. It's working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, that third line works. I don't know why it works. I don't know why it works better with Philpola than it does with Barzal. Um but it just does. So, like, just keep it. Like, don't don't overthink it. Make tinkerings between line one and two. Like, switch Bailey and Eberle, please. 
that that's what I I think they need to do right now. Minus them bringing in someone in via trade. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And for me, Beauvillier, I, I think he has for whatever reason he has a pretty good connection with Komarov and and Filipula. For whatever reason, they slap each other in the face. I do enjoy that. It, it's funny. We <laughs> still have to do that on this. On, I almost said December twenty eighth on February twenty eighth. Oh, that's right. I got to slap you in the face and you back. Oh, boy. You got a bigger hand than I do. It's going to hurt my face. I don't plan on doing it very hard. Okay. We'll talk about the 28th at the end of the show. Don't don't you worry about that. Awesome. All right. So, uh, ultimately, Bovillier moves down. He picks up a goal in the game against Minnesota. And in that game, he had something like seven or eight shots on goal. Seven, exactly. Tied his career high. Yeah, so he looked really, arguably his best game was that yeah. one. Absolutely. So they have to keep him there. He didn't play well against Buffalo, but then again, no one really did. So I'm not really going to focus specifically on Beauvillier. No, he can't. Um, but but they have to keep that going. You, you can't put him back with Barzell because he's now scored a goal. He's not back. Like, he scored. He's at 20 points. 20 that's not good enough. That At the end of last season, we thought that this guy could be a 60-point player because from January, was it 13th or something like that, to the end of the season, he was on a 60-point pace. We thought, well, there he is. That's the guy that we drafted 28th overall. We haven't seen that this year. Minus that, sorry, that 16-game slot between the Rangers game and game number 37. Yes, and in the last little bit, so... Between his last two goals, he went 12 games without a goal. And I think even only like one assist throughout that period as well? Uh, two. I would imagine with only seven. Two. two. That's three points in how many games? 12? Uh, yeah. So a point every four games. That's not going to cut it. That's not good enough. That's just not good enough. Like That's Matt Martin levels of production. And Matt Martin gets 10 minutes on the ice, and he's doing more than just putting up points. Like, this is just this is gravy when you're talking about Matt Martin, if he can put up 20 points. Yeah, that's not good. We got to get something out of Beauvillier. Hopefully, he figures it out on that third line, and that's where he belongs. But at this point, I think if you sign up for something close to 20 goals and something like 34 points a year, you're probably taking that on your third line. I guess, but keep in mind we had Brock Nelson as a third line winger scoring forty five points, so that's, that's a true. downgrade in my books. I guess so. Although we're getting more out of out of Brock Nelson, so when you do the arithmetic it kinda works out. I just I don't know what, what Beauvillier needs to do necessarily. I, I look at his game and, and and again, he's playing on the wing and like I say, when he's making his own entries, he's finding it tough. Uh I think it's just he's waiting for his his center and his other wing. Because he's quicker than both of them. Uh, but I think he needs to use that. Bring the puck in deep. Do that. And then set up the play. And be the, the, the primary playmaker on that wing. Or sorry, on that line. He's just not doing it yet. But the, the, it's only two games. Like, they'll, they'll find a better rhythm. I think that that's what he needs to do. Is is You are now the playmaker in chief for that line. You are essentially the Barzal for that line. With obviously less skill. Uh, but, but still, you know, good skill anyways. Um, use it, set up the play. And if you can be the finisher, be the finisher. If you can take a shot, do it. Um, but you are the setup man. 
make sure that these guys are, are where they need to be. And, and they will because they're pros. They'll be where they need to be. Just take the puck in deep and set it up. Yeah. And I don't know. I I think that, too, he's still young. He is only 21 years old still. So maybe the book isn't completely out on him. That's true. But I don't know. Hopefully, maybe you get something a little bit more out of Bovillier going forward. Right. Fair enough. All right, now let's move along and get into some of the UFAs. So you wrote up something looking at all the Islanders pending UFAs and predicting what kind of contracts they would get. So let's let's go through and talk about them. So there's really only three, even though the Islanders have seven UFAs coming up, right? Uh, it's The four I'm not talking about is because I don't think that they're sticking around. Although you could make the case that Phil Blum might. So the four in question that won't stick around according to at least myself, is Jordan Everlay, Lucas Spiza, peace out, buddy, Tom Kunakel, and Valtteri Filippo. And again, if you want to make the case, not even just you, Matt, but you, the listener, want to make the case that the Islanders should keep Valtteri Filippo for another year, fine by me, but it's going to be less than what he's making now and certainly with no trade production. Yes, and I don't think I want to resign so, him, but... No, but it depends on, on what they're looking at in terms of center depth. If they don't bring in a Matt Duchesne, then they might have to. Because, like, excuse me, I'm burping here. Thank you, Rolling Rock, for that. Um, we pointed out before, they don't necessarily have center depth. So if you think they can bring Otto Koivula in, fine. But I don't know if he's ready yet. No, he might need another year, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see with that. But All right, so how about the ones that you are interested in bringing back? So that leaves the three of Robin Leonard, Anders Lee, and Brock Nelson. So which one do you want to start talking about first? Let's start with the goalie, Robin Leonard. Okay, so we know his stats. We know what he's what he's putting up. Um, we know he's top quality. He's the top cheese in terms of um, goaltending in the NHL. But you don't pay him like that, right? You don't start flashing carry price money at him. Um, you have to consider the fact that Thomas Grice is making 3.3. So he's not going to make any less, he being Robin Leonard, any less than what Thomas Grice is making. And so I, I like dealing with round numbers. Um, so I don't like being like, ah, we'll sign him for 3.675 so we can round that up on the AAV. Like, no, I don't. Just, just round numbers. So he's not going to make any less than 3.5 already, no matter what. Um, I rounded it up to four because this guy's a starter. This guy has shown you that he can be a starter in the NHL. So I round that up to $4 million, and I'm thinking of two years at least. Okay. I don't like going the third year. Okay. See, we you had me. We were uh, par for par. But I would do, I would go uh, four years, $4 million per. Four years? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Why? Why four? He's twenty six years old. He is young. You just gave Thomas Grice, uh, what a three or four year contract. Yeah, but he was not very good last year. Remember that, right? Leonard. Yes. Okay. You're locking your in yourself in for a long time. Like you're you're the same guy. Like the same guy that decried Scott Mayfield and the Adam Pellick deal because it was way too long for very little information that we had on them. Yeah, but they weren't leading the league in points for defensemen or anything like that. For one year, Ryan Pulak led all defenders in terms of um, goals for defensemen 
for rookie. For rookie, yeah, sorry, rookie defenseman. So, but still, that's really breaking it down. But and I would have given still? I would have given Ryan Pulak more money than what Lou Lamarillo did. Okay, all right, fair enough, I suppose. Um, I don't know, man. Four years is a long time for a guy who isn't necessarily proven. Like, yes, he's done this this year, and yes, he can give you a nine twenty because he's done it before. But I'm not signing him to four years. That's too long for me. That's too long for me. Well, how does the Ilya Sorokin potential decision factor into your four-year deal? Well, he wouldn't be here anyway until 2021, no? As, as far as I understand, yes. That's right. Sorry. So then you potentially have a... Leonard and Sorokin duo for the last two years of that deal, and whoever's playing better gets gets to go. What about trade protection? Do you give him any of that? No. Okay, no trade protection. Fair enough. So, like, he can be a tradable asset if Sorokin proves to be that you know that number one guy. Then you're like, all right, well, we can trade you off to a team that needs a number one guy, and then we'll get a ton of assets for you, or something like that. Like with Ben Bishop. Right. Exactly. Okay, all right. Fair enough, I suppose. And then he's got term. That's always worth something. Fair enough. I'm not necessarily entirely convinced, but I could be convinced. So, okay. Next, who do you want to go to? Either Lee or Nelson. Let's do Lee. Okay, Lee. Uh, we've talked about it before, right? Mm-hmm. We've said you can't give him any less than JVR. No. So what I said is give him a six-year, $45 million deal, which I think is seven point five. Five, if I remember my math correctly. Yes. Okay, I would go six for 42. So $7 million per year, the same as JVR. He just gets the extra year because he's a little bit younger. Yeah, but to me, I, I added inflation into it. I figured, you know, we're a year removed. And Lee's a better player. He just is. He's, he's more prolific is what I wrote than JVR, even though JVR plays a similar style. So, like, between 2015 and 18, Van Riesdijk scored 10 fewer goals and 5 fewer points than Enders Lee. And in his last season, uh, so, sorry, and then JVR gets a $7 million deal. So, JVR is a lesser player than Lee. Lee is a better player, and he's a leader on the team. He's going to get that, that half million dollars, if not eight. If not eight. Although, I think 7.5 is fair enough. Yeah. I think it's pretty fair. And then for six, like he's what, 27 now? So that gets him up till 33. Yeah, I don't think you want to get into much longer than that, especially for the type of game that Lee plays. No, 33, like that's, he's, he should be out of his prime by then. And you don't want to be committing big dollars to, to, to older players like that. That's just, it's just not worth it. And it's not to say that he's going to be absolute garbage when he's 34. He could be absolutely fine, uh, but you don't want to run that risk. You know, if, if you get there and he still is, then you pay him. Um, but you don't bank on it <laughs> seven years in the past or the future. The present? How am I, where am I going with this? I don't seven know. years before he gets there. That's what I'm trying to say. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Got myself up there. Okay, so then that means uh, we get to your boy, Brock Nelson. You super fan, Brock Nelson super fan, Matt O'Leary. Okay. What do you give Brock Nelson as an extension? You have to give him an extension in this scenario. Don't say, like, I don't give him one. Um, I guess I would go... 
four years for $5 million per. See, I thought of that as well. And then I looked at Toivo Teravainen just signing a deal that was worth $5.4 million AAV. And I'm thinking, ugh. Teravainen's a better player in terms of his output with 48 points. But you got to think that... So he's making 4.25 right now, is Brock Nelson. You're... You got to think he's going to get a million dollar raise with the, the type of game he's playing right now this season. Maybe. So I roll that up to five and a half. I I, oh. I wrote five point four here in my, in my in my post because I wanted to keep it. I don't think he gets any more than Teravinen. Um, so four year deal at five point four million is what I give Brock Nelson. So that's a what kind of deal? Four times five point four. $21.6 million. Oosh. Yeah, that's a lot of money. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. Keep in mind that in terms of cap hit, that's only 1.15 extra on the cap. So that's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. For what is ostensibly a second line setter. I, I get. I you're starting to sway me a little bit. I prefer that number closer to five, but that's fair. Again, I, I fully well concede that I, I base it off of Teravinen, but Teravinen's output this season is much more than Brock Nelson's. Oh, absolutely. Right, like we're talking about when that at the time that I wrote it, a thirteen point difference between the two in, in Teravinen's favor. Right. So. Uh, I don't know what they'll end up doing, but like you said, he's making 4.25 right now. He's playing good hockey, so maybe it is 5.25 at least. Right. Okay, so 5.25. Let's agree to that. How many gentlemen's handshake? How many years four. did you go for? I went four, so that he's 31. Uh, but you can convince me on less, like three. I, I won't go less than three, though. I don't think he will go less than three. No. But if he, if the Islanders don't want to, you, you let him walk. Can you? Then then you have to hope to God that Bo can be a center, and that you get Land Shane. Yeah. Fun. Well, that means Philpola's coming back for a year. Yay. <laughs> well, if you're getting if you're getting Duchesne in the deal, then I I'll live with Philpola as the third line center. Oh yeah, obviously for sure, but. Assuming you're not, then that's kind of kind of gross. Or what about Marcus Johansson? He's on the he's a free agent. I'd rather him as a I'm not, center. I'm not sold on Johansson. I'm really not. Like, there's a reason he's on the market. All right, all fair. So fun. What? what so th- that's what we think they are. What do you think, listener? Here, what do you think they're going to get? Yes, get at us from the aisles. Get at us in the comment section below. Definitely, we appreciate all the love there. And thank you for listening, of course. Let's move on to the social segment, Mitch. Yes. Um, I had one here. It's more. It, it's on more trades. Um, it's someone at GoKiker underscore Ranger. I don't know if he's a Ranger fan. I don't know because his name is Duchesne to NY, please. NYI, please, with an exclamation mark. <laughs> and he proposes to trade um, two trades. Okay. Um, and I, I don't want to. It's not to 
to say like, oh, these are bad trades because th- there's no such thing as a bad trade proposal in my mind. Like, if you can justify it, then it's good enough for me. Uh, I just wanted to bring it up because it, it kind of the second one's what, the one that interests me. The first one is Wallstrom, Aho, and the Isles tw- uh, first round pick for Duchesne. The second one he proposes is Wallstrom, Aho, Jose, and the first round for Duchesne and Zingle. And that interests me a lot because the, the, there's no play for Stone, but you're getting a center and a, a 30 goal score, right? Singles. Last I checked, was at 27 goals on the, uh, 28 goals on the season. I think so. I would so that, that interested me to get both of those guys because it seems that Zingle, Duchesne, and Stone are all leaving the Ottawa Senators. And what what was it again? What are the Islanders giving up? Wallstrom, Aho, Hosang, first round pick. And I assume he didn't. He doesn't talk about an extension, but I assume that comes with an extension. Yeah, like Duchesne's twenty eight, Zingle's twenty six. I like he. So sorry, Zingle has twenty one goals this season, uh, twenty assists for forty one points in fifty four games. He's been good. His twenty one goals would lead the Islanders. By the way, it would. Yeah, it would. And then you have two pretty banging centers right there. And that 41 points matches the career high he set just last year. So he's going to have a career year this season. And he's just getting better year after year. And like you said, he's young still. I'm in on it. I like it. I thought so too. I'm not necessarily a fan of trading Wallstrom. So, but it's not to split hairs. I like who he's going after here. He or she. Um, going after in terms of Duchesne and single. I like that idea of trying to get not only a scorer in single... At what what could be like essentially you're you're trading uh, Hosang for him, um, but you're also getting Duchesne. That's that's two birds one stone in my books, and I like that very much, very much. Yes. Okay, I have two. Okay. One is our friend of the show, Otto Koivula, got engaged. So congratulations oh, to him. He put the picture yes. up. It was right by the Brooklyn Bridge, oddly enough. Oh, nice. Good place. Yes, so it's a nice little view over there. So congratulations. Congrats to Koivula, future third, maybe second line center for the New York Islanders. I very hope. I very much hope so. And my second one is, I, I wrote about this the other day, and the reason why I did was because I saw it a lot on Twitter and people were complaining that the Islanders aren't getting a lot of radio airtime on sports talk radio. Yeah. Explain it to me. Like I'm obviously out of market. So that that's never been something even on my radar whatsoever, but what's the deal there? Uh, so sports talk very much. So focus in New York to- uh, focuses on football, basketball, and baseball. Those are the big three. During Fair the enough. during the okay. during the playoffs, they will talk about hockey, but in the regular season, it's very very rare that they do. And a lot of people okay. were complaining that they were talking about the newly formed AAF Football League and not the first oh, place right. Islanders. But my caveat to that was unfortunately, and this is just the reality of it, they get much better ratings when they're talking about football or they're talking about basketball. Regular season hockey doesn't move the needle 
unfortunately. I mean, it does to us, but not on a big enough scale to the, for the general public that the big talk radio station like that's going to talk about it. Yeah, it's unfortunate. It's one of those things that isn't going to happen overnight. It's one of those things that's going to happen over time where, unfortunately, our sport isn't popular, comparatively speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not popular when you compare it to basketball, and it's basketball is just growing and, and, and potentially going to overtake football at some point. Um, it's definitely not more popular than football. It's the best, the, not the best, but the highest rated sport in the country. Mm-hmm. Um but what you have to do is just keep talking about hockey. Keep talking about hockey and bringing people to hockey games. Just keep doing that. And, and it'll come. Like, not everyone's going to be into it. But the more people you talk to about hockey, the more people you expose to hockey, the more it will grow. And that, that's how it's going to happen. That's really how it's going to happen. Yeah, and what I said in the post, too, was that hockey's still a little bit of niche right now. But you can still find pretty mm-hmm. solid content. And not just us. I'm not pumping our tires, but there are a lot of other really good Islanders podcasts that you could listen to also and get your fix. And that, I see new Islanders podcasts being popped up, new Islanders blogs popping up all the time. And that, that's perfect. That's exactly what this fan base needs. Because when there are more voices and more mouths speaking about this team, the more people get engaged, the more it gets in front of a more more eyeballs and into more ears. And so that spreads the word and that grows the fan base. And, and it's going to take time. It's going to. Um, but successful season helps. That definitely helps. Like, welcome bandwagoners. Please, please keep coming. Um, successful seasons and, and just popular and boisterous athletes. Like, if Matthew Barzell can get in front of a microphone, that would be great, please. Yes, I am definitely on board for that. Anything else? Before we head on out of here? Uh, the 28th. Okay. So we will be there on the 28th. Um, you have to work that day, so you will be coming after your work day is, is over. Uh, I don't have to work that day. I will be coming straight over there from here. Hopefully I can get there around 2 o'clock. I will have goalie gear. I've secured goalie gear. Hey. So that means someone listening better have a darn net. I'm hoping someone has a net because I'm not... I don't have one here because I never, maybe I'll buy one for my kids, but I've seen them there last time I was there on December 1st. So someone have a net ready. And and if you're not listening to this podcast, I'm going to find you and I'm going to crash your game with my goalie gear because I need to play goalie. I need to play some street hockey. I haven't played in years. I needs me to play. All right. So Mitch is going to get in net. I'm going to take some shots at him with the ball and we'll see what happens. There you go. Uh, we'll record a podcast before the game, right? Like something quick with everyone type of thing. Sure. So um, showing up, we're not sure where we're going to be just yet. So, you know, details to follow. And then we're going to do something after after the game uh, to give to our, our, our beautiful patrons who, if you don't know, are the, the reason that this is happening. They started a GoFundMe. They raised money to get me over there, and they got enough for me to get my my ass from Canada all the way over there. Um, so shout out to them. Like that's still that's sick, incredible. By the way, still not over that. That's incredible. That's so like I couldn't believe it. I couldn't. I, I still can't believe it. It's insane. Um, so go over to our Patreon, Matt. You'll you'll obviously fill them in on on all the details. But go there if you want post game content and just join join the fun. 
Yes, absolutely join the fun. So let's get some plugs before we completely wrap this one up. We will start by saying wherever you are listening to this, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps with our searchability, and we appreciate all the downloads and listens from each and every one of you. Now, you could also follow us on social media, on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You could like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. And also we have a Patreon, like Mitch said. So patreon.com slash eyes on aisles for all post game show content and mailbag shows and stuff like that. It's lots of fun on there. So check that out and see what it is that you would like to get involved with over there. And as always, you could download our app, the eyes on aisles app for all your New York Islanders content or visit the Ugh, almost got it. Or visit the website, <laughs> eyesonisles.com. That's it, Mitch. Another episode in the books. All right. Catch you all next week for episode number 79, who has someone has worn that. So let's see if anyone will get it. Tweet at me, at TLO Mitch, if you think you know who it is. Don't look it up. I know who it is. My God, don't look it up. I'm not going to say, but that'll do it for episode number 78. We'll talk to you next week. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.